get a million dollars. Well, then you better remember your tithe. But I'm going to read you, and I don't know how, it'll, it'll probably, we'll probably go a long time into the year, but we're going to concentrate on your spiritual inheritance. The majority of Christians today don't even know what's rightfully theirs. And when Dr. Gant was here and I, I'd said that, he'd almost given a preview of what I'm going to share. So I thought that was the Spirit of God confirming what was in my heart. And so we're going to dig deep into the, into the Word. I'm going to give you scriptures. But you need to find out, and I need to find out, who we are in Christ Jesus. Where we're seated. We're seated in heavenly places. Our redemption is a full, wonderful redemption that covers many areas of our existence. So that's just a little preview of what's coming next year, and I'm excited about that. I like that when God gives me, in plenty of time, you know, um, sometimes I pray and really seek God for the year, but it was pretty easy, and uh, I know that it will benefit you. So when you come next year to church, you need to come with listening ears. You need to come expecting your, your spiritual inheritance to be read to you. And then when you walk out after hearing it, you need to hold your head high and know who you are in Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, we've been on a subject, and <coughs> we're going to probably close down because we're coming to the end of the year. I want to concentrate on communion next week. But we've been talking about and sharing with you, you how to share Jesus Christ effectively. How many of you have, get a devotional? Okay. Let me, let me read to you today's devotion. And it's from Acts chapter verse 35. And it's where Philip began at this, at this place in the Scriptures and he explained the good news about Jesus. And it's entitled, Be Ready, Be Wise, and Be Clear. In Acts chapter 8, we read the story of a high-profile leader who was one to Christ. This man was similar to the Secretary of the Treasury in the United States, and he was led by Christ by a low-profile person called Philip, a church deacon. Let's look at how it happened and see what we can learn. Number one, Philip was ready. When this man needed someone to explain the gospel to him, Philip was ready to do it. Could you have done that? When God has a, has a job that needs to be done, could he call on you? Would you be prepared? Would you be willing? If anybody asks you why you believe as you do, tell him. 1 Peter 3.15. Number two, Philip was wise. He didn't barge in and start preaching or put this man on the spot by asking gotcha questions. Did you ever have anybody just preach to you and just try to shove it down your throat? Note two things about Philip. He was led by God's Spirit, and he recognized the right moment. That is what's so crucial. Good soul winners are sensitive and strategic. Number three, Philip was clear. Instead of a vague dialogue about religion, he spoke directly about Jesus. That's what people need, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to know he's alive and that he loves them. 
that he that he's powerful enough to run the universe, yet personal enough to forgive their sins, break their habits, resolve their doubts. Your job is to extend the invitation and let Jesus do the rest. You need a soul-winning strategy? Try this one at work. So it doesn't have to be difficult, does it? No, it can be easy. Just be yourself. Did you ever notice, did you ever hear um, <clears throat> Billy Graham interviewed on TV? Did you ever hear um, his son, who's also an evangelist, be interviewed, especially on Fox News? He doesn't go into a lot of detail, but I'll tell you one thing. He always mentions Jesus Christ and the need for a Savior. And that's simple, isn't it? So let's go on and, and let me review quickly. We're going to try to finish today and, and get through this. But we said, <clears throat> in order to share Christ effectively, you must esteem God's Word. We said, you and I are not going to share what we don't value and appreciate. So you and I need to value and appreciate our salvation. Number two, we said you must put absolute confidence in the integrity of God's Word. Why? Because God's Word never fails. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Number three, your testimony must come from a personal encounter with Christ. I'm sure everyone here that would say that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you can remember the day that you received Him. You might remember the day somebody shared the gospel with you. You might remember the day when you got down on your knees and asked Jesus Christ into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. Well, you've got something to be passionate about, and it's so important. And if you're passionate about your salvation... If you're passionate about your spiritual inheritance, you're going to share it. Number four, we said you must love the sinner and not judge the sinner. That's a good thing to remember. What do sinners do? Sin. You know, that's why so many churches through the years, they didn't like the way you dressed or you couldn't belong. Or if you had long hair and tattoos and Earrings in your nose. I know it was out the other day, and I didn't realize how many women have earrings in their nose. I was at Perkins' restaurant, ready to check out, pay my bill, and I look up, and there's this big ring in this woman's nose. Now, that, does that mean Jesus doesn't love her? You know, the preacher, a lot of preachers' kids, and I've got two sons, and they're good boys. But a lot of preachers' kids, the preacher will just have have his hand on their, you know, on them and controlling them and, and trying to make little preachers into them. And I'll never forget when the oldest wanted his tattoo. Well, did you let him have a tattoo? I thought, well, if you're going to get a tattoo, then get a good one by a good artist in a clean studio with clean needles. So we were going on vacation. So he mapped it out, got online, and, and, and found a tattoo artist. Where were we, in Colorado Springs or somewhere in that area? And I'll never forget. I'm thinking, oh, here we go. I'm going to get a tattoo. And so we went in, and he, I sat down with him, and yeah, I did. You know, he got a tattoo, and it was a good one. I thought, well, that's the end of it. He won't want any more tattoos. And he said, Dad, I want another tattoo. I'm going to get a tattoo. Just be a little tattoo. Well, 
It wasn't. He came home and he had a pretty good sized tattoo on his back. And the thing is, we're so quick to judge people. We need to love people into the kingdom. You give them this list of you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. Guess what your kids will do? They'll do that. And granted, you've got, as a parent, you have to use wisdom. I'm, I'm fortunate I got the wife I got because, you know, years ago I was very much a legalist, and I've changed a lot through the years, and I've allowed God's grace to take a hold of my heart. And so if, because of that, I extend more grace to people and give them a chance. So you need to give the sinner a chance. Amen? We need to love them and not judge them. All right? Now, we said this. We said there are three things. If you're going to be an effective witness, number one, you must know that you are chosen by God. Say, I am chosen by God. I want you to know the Father has no favorites. Every person born into the kingdom of God, birthed into the kingdom of God, has the same redemption. Every person born again has the same righteousness as his son, the same righteous nature. Ephesians 1.4 states, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm giving you a spirit, part of your spiritual inheritance. Say, I've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you and I have been chosen by God. So don't get down on yourself. Don't let the devil whisper into your, into your ear that you're a nobody, that you're never going to accomplish anything for God. You don't, might not have an education. You might not have this. You might not have that. Quit listening to all those seeds of doubt and unbelief that he's trying to plant into your heart and your mind. Know that you've been chosen. Number two, then, you have been commissioned by God. We read to you in Mark 16 about how you, all authority has been given to Christ Jesus, and then he delegated that authority for us to go out into the world. Well, you're not going to go to the other side of the world, maybe, but you might go down the street. You might have a job. You might have a friendship. You might have a neighbor. You might have somewhere that you have a sphere of influence that you can share Christ with somebody. So I'm not telling you, and God's not telling you, that you've got to go to the other side of the world. That should bring some relief to those that don't like to travel. Not everybody's Mike Keys. Amen. Mike Keys, I said, I said to him, I couldn't live in a motel out of a suitcase every, every week. Can you imagine? Every week that man leaves and travels and gets on a plane. And he looked at me and he says, I couldn't do what you do. 
I couldn't pastor a church and see those same faces every week and deal with the same issues every week. And I thought, well, you got a grace and I've got a grace. Let's just stay in place. Amen. Now, let's go on. Say, say this with me. I have been chosen by God. I have been commissioned by God. I have been empowered by God. See, you've got to know these things if you're going to be effective witness. The thing that's important is that you understand the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. God has no favorites. Now, that's hard for some people that are insecure, that maybe have been brought up in an abusive household. Maybe you've been neglected, your parents neglected you. You know, you might come from that kind of a background, but I want you to know God loves us all. And He has no favorites. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He had a plan and a purpose for me, and I was a lost individual and a confused young man, but He had a plan and a purpose. All I needed to do was get on my knees and seek His face, discover His plan and purpose, and then go out and do it. And that's all you need to do. It doesn't have to be difficult. But you've got to know that God has no favorites. Everyone born into his family has the same redemption. Everyone born into his family has the same eternal life as Jesus had. You have the same righteousness as Jesus. You have God's nature. You have God's ability. Say that with me. I have... God's nature and God's ability. See, now next year I'm just going to give you a heads up. Maybe I shouldn't tell you this, but I, I realize how important confession is. And so next year we, we need to do a lot of confessing of, of our spiritual inheritance and who we are in Christ Jesus. And, you know, every day if you'd say this, I have God's nature and I have God's ability, if you'd start your day like that, you'd probably end up your day better off. Because you do have God's nature. If you're Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're born of His Spirit, you have His ability, and you have His nature. <clears throat> now, this will blow your mind, but think about this. You have the same Holy Spirit in you that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, if you just would meditate on that, you might overcome your blues and your depression. You and I have the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that quickened when Jesus Christ's body lay in that tomb, the Spirit of God resurrected him. We have the same spirit. Some of you are looking at me like, where am I? It's the truth. I'm giving you the truth. E.W. Kenyon, I'm reading after him because it's his, his writings are, are, are wonderful. 
Now listen, he says, it is when you take your place and begin to assume your rights and privileges as a believer that God begins to respond to you. Now, that's a good, it's a good statement. It is when you take your place and begin to assume your rights and privileges as a believer that God begins to respond to you. Well, God just isn't doing anything for me. Well, are you walking in your rights and privileges as a believer? I don't know. Well, if you don't know, then you probably aren't. Now, I found this out. I thought this was horrific. This is terrible. How many have ever seen Christmas Story? Let me see. Oh, we got a lot of hands. Everybody seen Christmas Story? Ralphie, what did he want for Christmas? BB gun. What what's he say? You shoot your eye out. That's right. He didn't, but he came close, didn't he? Yeah. And then the leg and then the leg light. Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty proud of that, wasn't he? But do you remember the part in Remember the part in the movie where Ralphie and his little brother are going to school, and what happened to him? He was the bully. Do you remember the bully? But what happened then? Ralph, Ralphie had his fill. What did he do? He got on top of that bully and just, just started knocking him, beating on him, and, and going nuts. He just had his fill. And you know, because of that, they want to take that movie off the TV. Did you know that? Now, I notice it's still on, but they're not going to do the 24-hour-a-day Christmas story marathon, I guess, because of, because of that and probably because of the BB gun. Stupid. Stupid. But what I, I say that and I share that with you is because... We got to be like Ralphie with the devil. There comes a point where you just have had your fill of being pushed around. Amen? All the things that he tries to do and shove down your throat and influence you negatively. You've got to rise up and realize that you have power. Say, I have power. It's when you take your place and begin to assume your rights and privileges as a believer that God begins to respond to you, and that's when you're going to see life change when you rise up and do that. Now look at John 1.12. You've been chosen by God, commissioned by God, and you are empowered by God. And look at this verse in John 1.12. I'll read it to you out of King James, New King James, and I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. But it says this, But as many as received him or received Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right or privilege to become children of God to those who believe in his name. How many of you have received Jesus Christ? Well, then the Bible says you're a child of God. Well, that should make you smile. You've got a wonderful heavenly father, a great God. 
the giver of every good gift. He loves us unconditionally. He's for us. He's not against us. He's going to provide for us. He's going to protect us. That's a good father. The Amplified says, But to many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, and the right to become a children of God, to become children of God, that is, to those who believe in his name. Now, that word authority is the our power is the word exousia and there's there's at least four words that i know of four or five on on the word uh, uh, power and this is the authority or right to act it's the ability the de- delegated authority so this kind of power exousia is the right to use dunamis power okay so you and i have Authority. Look at Mark 16. Mark 16. Say, I have authority. Say, I have delegated authority. Find Matthew 16 16, and then find Matthew chapter 28. Find two passages of Scripture. The Great Commission. I want to read it to you. Mark 16... Verse 15, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these what? Signs will follow those who what? Believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Will recover. Now look at Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So who has authority in heaven and on earth? Jesus. Verse 19. Go therefore, harvest church. That's what my Bible says. And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, Kenyon says this, and this, this is good. Listen. All authority had been given unto Jesus in heaven and on earth. He did not need authority. He had always had it. Why was it given to him now that he was leaving the earth? It was, a, it was given to him because he was the head of the church, the firstborn from among the dead. He was the Lord of the church. The church was to be his body. The church was to use that authority. Did you hear me? That authority had been delegated to the church, and we're to use that authority. All the authority that had been given to Christ was for the benefit of the church. And we're his body, he's the head. And we're to act and use that authority. He says, if you have no knowledge of something, now listen to this statement. This is good, don't let this go over your head. If you have no knowledge of something, you will not be able to use it. God, give me a smartphone. Anybody got a smartphone? You didn't bring yours. Thank you. 
That's a little one. They make bigger ones than this. How many of you got one of these? I don't. I got one of these. I got a flip phone. The wife finally decides she's going to get one of these. How long ago did you get it, dear? Six weeks. Do you know how to use it? I ain't getting one. If I got one, it would be for the weather and to take pictures. That's it. What are you laughing at? <laughs> She's still trying to figure the thing out. Now the computer's on not working. And so she's owly, Dennis. Well, we had an exchange last night about the computer and the dog. So you were upset about the computer. But if you don't know how to use your smartphone, what good is it? Why spend $1,000 for one when you can buy a flip phone? And all you got to do is open it up. The same thing. But if you don't have any knowledge of your authority in Christ, are you going to use it? You can't. My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. The majority of the church today does not realize that Jesus gave them power of attorney to use his name. Ron, I pick on you, but you're the lawyer. If I have power of attorney, does that give me authority? Say, if it's for Nate, can I use that authority and do whatever? Yeah, I can do a lot of things. If I didn't, ha if I didn't have that power of attorney, I couldn't. See, you and I have the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus Christ. We have the power of attorney to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen? The power of attorney gives the believer access to that authority. Look at John. I'm almost done. John chapter 14. John 14. Verse 12. John 14, verse 12. The words of Jesus. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That my Father may be glorified in the Son if you ask anything in my name. I will do it. You and I have the power of authority. To use that authority. To use his name. Amen? And because of that, we can share Christ effectively. To be honest with you, you know, God gives the healing gifts. And they're, not, they're for the church, but predominantly those gifts should be out there But when we pray for the sinner. You go and read the, the scriptures. You know, a lot of uh, the people that were healed when Jesus walked the earth, 
you know, we're, we're sinners, we're prostitutes, you know. Amen? And he laid hands on them. There were, he spoke the word, and there were miracles. There were signs and wonders. We have a power. We have authority. Now, I'm not going to get into it because you, we need to get into maybe sometime about the Holy Spirit and power. But I, I want to close. And I want to read to you um, from a book I just finished about Smith Wigglesworth. Great man of God, great apostle of God. And I want you to think about Acts 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost with and with, and with, and with power who went about. So the power is to go about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. See, the power isn't just for you. It's, it's to use to bless other people. These, I, this book was, there's been three books I've, I've read about Smith Wigglesworth. During the, the, the 20s, 30s, and 40s, he was a great apostle, great miracles in his ministry. But one of his sermons was, was, was on power, and the, the author had been there and taken these notes as he sat at Smith Wigglesworth's feet. And he gives the scripture in, in uh, Acts chapter 1-2, and it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, having heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. So do you think that power is just for you? That power is to be an effective witness, all right? And then he goes on, I'm going to read. These are excerpts from this little sermon that he gave. These are the words of Smith Wigglesworth. He said, you will have to voice many things in order to bring them into being. And I've read that this last week. I've been meditating on that. That is so good. You and I will have to voice or speak forth many things in order to bring them into being. God wants us to have great faith. Smith Wigglesworth said, and I didn't realize, my wife and I had nine children. But it didn't matter which one cried in the street. My wife knew who it was. God will come to the one who cries first. I want to help you decide that by the power of God, you will not be ordinary. Now, maybe you're here today and you want to be ordinary. When I first got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, I wanted to be extraordinary. And as you grow older, there will be a temptation to fall back into being ordinary. I don't want to pastor a church of ordinary people. I want to pastor a church of people that are passionate about God and the things of God. Now, I'll read the next one, and then you can put your head down. I'll tell you what, if you sat in his meetings, you'd probably be crying by the time you were done. He said, if you are in the same place today as you were yesterday, you're a backslider. 
If you're in the same place today as you were yesterday, you're a backslider. One thing in these verses we must not forget, the love of Jesus. He wanted them, he wanted the apostles to carry on the work exactly as he had done it. If they had awakened to the resurrection position, they would never have done what they did. Do you remember what the apostles did after the resurrection of Jesus? They went fishing. <laughs> they went back fishing. Then God, he says, allowed everything to fail. You have to have a clothing that is not made on earth. Your whole nature has to have a clothing of all righteousness. Now listen to this next statement. I want you to remember this one. It is an insult to ask God for power after you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You have power. You have to act. Say that. I have power. I have to act. He said, I'm always on my merit. Every time I preach, I preach my best. Every time I pray, I pray my best. Jesus began his ministry everywhere by his miraculous manifest manifestation. And then they all pressed upon him to hear he was the first fruits. We have to step into the line of the first fruits. God makes the opportunity. We have to take the opportunity. Boy, that's so good. How many opportunities have you passed up? We can live so that the opportunity is always occurring. Unless we are ready to do the impossible, we will never come into maternity or bringing other souls to the birth. God has said that impossibilities are with man, but that possibilities are with God. Are you living in God or in man, in opposition, or is it all opportunity? To the man of faith, there is, a not, there is not a thing that is not opportunity. Now, I, certain things I've read, I have highlighted, and this is one of them. He said, if you can be fascinated by anything else in the world, you don't have what God wants you to have. If you can be fascinated by anything else in the world, you don't have what God wants you to have. I am all Pentecost. The title of this book is A Life Ablaze with the Power of God. What am I saying, bottom line? You've been chosen by God whether you feel like it or not. You've been commissioned by God, whether you feel like it not or not. You have been empowered by God, whether you feel like it or not. As Christians and believers, we live our lives according, and we're all guilty of it, according to how we feel one day. We might feel like reading the Bible. We might feel like praying. We might feel like being generous and sharing with our neighbor, or we might not feel like it. If that's you, then you're controlled by your feelings. The Bible says what pleases God is faith. And faith is an action word. And every day you and I have opportunities to use our faith. 
and act upon. And that's what I'm saying. We have an opportunity to pray with somebody, to encourage somebody, to do something. Don't be inactive. Have an active faith. Say this with me. I've been chosen by God. I've been commissioned by God. I have been empowered by God. I have the same eternal life that Jesus has. I have God's righteous nature. I have God's ability. I have the authority of Christ to use His name. I have been anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with power. And I go about doing good. Do you believe that? Then it's time to act like it.